0: to the More to the Story podcast. I'm so glad that you have come along. Look, this is a special edition of the podcast where I have a teaching, about a 25-minute teaching on heaven. I did this for the Madison Methodist Church, a Sunday school class called The Journey of Faith. It's gonna be a three-part series. I'm not sure if the second and third part or maybe some more parts will make their way here. I'm thinking about making it into a, a course of its own. So if you're interested in this, I would love to hear from you. By the way, you can find out more about things that I'm doing at my website, andymillerthe3rd.com. That's andymilleriii.com, And I also want you to know there's something else happening there. I have just added a donate button. Now, I had some people who are interested in supporting the podcast, and I haven't had a means of doing that. I've asked people just to send a check or something. And I'm so thankful to my sponsors who have like helped me get things going. But if you are able to offer any sort of gift, I would greatly appreciate it. But here's what I'm offering if people do that. If you sign up to do a monthly gift of any size, maybe more than $0.10, cents. Um, I'll send you one of my two books, and I also have a third book come out this summer, so you could wait, and I could send that to you as well. Secondly, on there, there's a way to contact me and also book a speaking engagement if you'd like for me to come to your church or to, to serve in, uh, any sort of group that you have happening, maybe a pastor's conference or that kind of thing. I, I'm kind of booked up for the summer, but I try to take one outside event um, every month, so I have some time for— September and October available and then going into next year. But I'd really be glad to connect with people on that. And I'm, I'm thankful for opportunities to be able to share with people. And sometimes that could even happen via Zoom. But you can reach out to me on my website there. There's there's a button you can press for that. Also, you can sign up for my email list and get five steps to deeper teaching and preaching. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis. You'll have heard me say that before. Also, I have courses you can sign up for there as well. Well, just one course right now, the Jude course, but I'm working on what that next course will be. It might be um, the this series on heaven, but it also uh, could be the basics of Wesleyan theology. So those things are coming to you from andymillerthe I hope you enjoy this um, 25-minute teaching on heaven. God bless you. Hey, everybody. I thought I would take a second just to go over these slides from our presentation, the Sunday School class, this past week. It's been so great to be with the Journey of Faith, and um, I thought this could be something I could share in other venues, too, so it might be useful. It might be helpful if you weren't there, and really, this first lesson is so important to understand what's coming the next two weeks as well. So I thought I'd just take a few minutes and go through this with you. So we are talking about this important subject, maybe the most important subject, eternity, heaven what is going to happen once we move to the place of being with jesus forever now let me just explain to you the way that i came upon this and i'll just i think my experience was somewhat similar to most people who grew up in the church or maybe even general evangelical teaching and i don't want to act like this is like i'm looking down my nose at this but i definitely wanted to have a deeper understanding Of heaven growing up. Instead, this was what I got. I got basically an understanding of heaven that went something like this. Look, Andy, those are some pretty tough questions. Just trust us. That was my theology of heaven, was just trust us, it's going to be good. Now Actually, I had good reason to, t- to trust the teachers who presented this information to me. I had good reason to trust my parents who said these type of things to me. I really valued the things they were saying. So I just trusted them, and I trusted that it would be good. But I knew that I wanted something more, like very much like to the center of my being. I long for more. After all, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity in our hearts. And I felt that. So I had, I think I developed what I call an I can only imagine version of heaven. Now this isn't so bad, and I don't want to pick on this band too much. After all, it became a movie, so who am I to pick on it? But you know, this the music for I can only imagine was somewhat ethereal. It was kind of this uh, seeing Jesus's face, only imagining. And Honestly, this song, maybe it's just the mood of it, and maybe it's my problem, led me to the place of like not imagining. It was just like some strange, ethereal reality that I couldn't understand. Now, that's a little drop back into uh, early 2000s Christian culture, and I'm going to go back maybe a few more years. I'm not sure when this song came out, but some of you will know this. Big, big house by audio Adrenaline. Now some of you don't know what I'm talking about at all. It's somewhat kind of like the uh, almost silly song that might seem um, a little corny at times. Well, it is, it is, absolutely. But I enjoyed it. okay. And I think some, some youth groups still sing it, but you might you might know it goes, there's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. Now I didn't put lots and lots in my slides. So forgive me. There's a big, big table with lots and lots of food, a big, big yard where we can play football. And in this slide, you can see a picture of my family. Um, It's a pretty big table, and there's lots and lots of food there. It's my brother-in-law, Anil, who's holding the camera, taking a selfie. And I'm at the very back. You can't possibly make me out there. And then here's a picture, not necessarily my family, but a stock photo of some family playing football. Looks pretty good. Now, I think that that song has a better understanding of what heaven is going to be than just the I can only imagine, just trust us, it's going to be good sort of theology. Now, I want to walk through a few things that will be a foundation for us in the next few sessions talking about the specifics of what heaven might be like. But there are some things that I think are missed a lot in general discipleship teaching about heaven because we have theological shorthand. Or just like texting. That's kind of how we do things. I-M-H-O-J-K, laugh out loud. I used to live in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Occasionally I would just write Elville, right, just to make it short. We have theological shorthand. And somebody said to me as I was teaching this in the past, well, my brain kind of hurts, and I would just as soon deal with this as being like, I like the just trust us. I don't really want to think about it. And I'll say, you don't have to think about it. But I do think that if we think about it and I do think that we're missing this bigger picture of heaven, that it's not as motivational for us and it's not as satisfying for us. It's not as satisfying for our kids when they ask us these tough questions. And it leads us to a place where maybe maybe we're not willing to talk about it and go just a little bit deeper so that we can enjoy the picture that the Bible gives us of heaven. So we have a theological shorthand. And let me just suggest that the word heaven has become a shorthand for the two-stage reality of life after death. This is the hardest concept for us to get. We have consolidated, we've taken these two views, two two realities, the intermediate state and the eternal state, and we've made them one. Now I'm gonna explain what I mean by that through an illustration that I hope will help. But there's, there's this concept of the present state, The intermediate state and the eternal state. I'm going to use the example of an airport to describe this. So, for instance, I used to live in Tampa, Florida. My wife and I led the Salvation Army there. We had a a church that we served and a variety of social service programs, including a shelter. So, just imagine that you're in Tampa, Florida, or you're not that you're in this. I was in Tampa, Florida. Somebody came to me and said, um, Andy, Here's some great news. Somebody in your shelter has inherited a ton of money, and they have inherited inherited an estate in San Diego. I hear San Diego is one of the most beautiful places in the world, so that kind of works. So not only do they have this estate, but it's right on the water. There's a beach, but there's also cliffs. There's everything you could possibly imagine. And on top of that, they are going to be there with their family, friends, and like uh, even a job that they'll find meaning in doing. So that's in San Diego, and all they have to do is sign on the form for this inheritance, which has come to them, to move out of a homeless shelter into this great situation. Now, let's say that when they sign the dotted line, they get a plane ticket, and with that plane ticket comes a plane ticket that stops in dallas at dfw airport let's say so you see i have that right there: tampa dallas san diego so instead of going directly to san diego what happens is they fly first for a layover in dfw dfw airport and maybe they get to go to the uh the club that's connected to the airline the delta club or the admiral's club or whatever it's called and while they're there they get treated nicely like I, that's happened to me occasionally where I've only when I've been like, you know, the airline's not treated me nicely and they put me up in one of those places. Um, well, if, if that happens, then you go into this situation and you get treated well. Your family comes there. You get to see them. You get to visit with them. You are having a good experience there. But if you were to go back and say when you're in Tampa at the homeless shelter just before you're given the ticket, and you've signed over. You've been, you've, you've signed off, and you have this estate. It's yours. If you were to ask where you're going, you would say San Diego. You wouldn't say you're going to DFW Airport. Now, DFW Airport, that's a pretty nice place. I mean, particularly compared, but to the homeless shelter. Even though the, the shelter we serve, we're trying to make it as nice as possible. And you're with family. You're with people. You you have this great experience. You're having better food. You're having a better experience. But you wouldn't say you're going there. No, you're ultimately going to San Diego to inherit your estate. So this is compared to these three stages of reality that, we, that humans can experience. So there's the present day, the intermediate state, and the eternal state. Another way to think of this is there's a present day present heaven and eternal heaven so what i'm suggesting and not just suggesting what the christian tradition has taught is that heaven is this two-stage reality and we have put them together into one thing so we have made heaven when we say heaven we use its shorthand but really the christian teaching has been that there's a two-stage reality the eternal state comes about because of the resurrection of the dead principally because of Jesus returns and it's a new heavens and a new earth. It's a wonderful thing that we're going to talk about in the next few days. It's a real physical, tangible place, a real reality that we all long for. Whereas the intermediate state is spoken of in scripture, but not, not as often. And is not described very much, but generally here's what happens. And this is why it's so important is if we think about heaven and we think about it being like DFW airport, it's definitely really good. It's definitely better than this life. But it's not the final picture. And what I've found is that when we focus on the intermediate state, DFW Airport, when we focus on that, we don't present as awesome a picture as is available for us. So instead, we settle for what I call force ghost eschatology. You see, uh, good old Obi Wan Kenobi there, right? We have. A platonic view of the universe that sees the physical or material world as evil and the spiritual heavenly world as good. Right? There's there's this idea that we need to leave the cage of our bodies. Some some have said, like it's a well known saying to think of a Christian view as being like we don't have a body, but we are a body, a part of our very essence. And and this is important to get. And I talked about this. Uh, in another session that I could re- refer you to, it's a uh, another podcast that I've done where I talk with Dr. Steve Blakemore about the nature of the soul and how we think about what it means to be human. Are we people just of our mere physical bodies, or is there something more that makes us up beyond just our bodies? Are we people of body and soul? And I'll suggest that the, the classic Christian teaching has been that humans are made up of two distinct Pieces, body and soul. Now, sometimes people say body, soul, and spirit. A lot of times, those soul and spirit mean the same thing. That's a longer discussion. And if you want an hour long discussion, see my conversation with Steve Blakemore. Maybe I can leave a link to that too. But nevertheless, what happens is that we can divorce ourselves from the beauty of God's creation and we become functional, not agnostics. Like we think that all that needs to happen is our spiritual life is all that matters. After all, we're going to leave this body. And you'll find there are hymns and songs and praise songs and Christian writings that have this kind of, I call it the forced ghost view. Instead, like there's a different piece and a different picture that arises from a biblical eschatology. And I'm just going to point out one verse that highlights this at least one verse, although there'll be more coming. Revelation 21.3, look, God's dwelling is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, a lot of times we end up thinking that heaven is where we go to be with God. But if we look at the two-stage realities we're gonna talk about more specifically in just a second, if we look at that two-stage reality, Really, the picture is of God coming to be with us. So the final state or the eternal state is not about us being with God, but God coming to us to be with us on a renewed planet, a new heavens and a new earth. What we're talking about here is all within the classical Christian doctrine of eschatology, which just means last eschaton, final or last Logos, like any other biology, anything that has ology on it, words. So it's like the study or words about the last things. And a lot of times it's divided into personal eschatology, the end of persons, or the end of the universe, cosmic eschatology. Um, in in the Apostles' Creed, which is recited regularly, you probably have done it, here are the, here are the, the portions of the Apostles' Creed that are eschatological. I believe, you know, God the Father, we going down a little further. He, that Jesus Christ descended to hell, the realm of the dead, and we'll, <clears throat> we'll talk about that more later. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So again, let's keep this in mind. Again, with our theme, we have Tampa, DFW Airport, San Diego. The intermediate state is when we come to a place where we are no longer in the body, but we are present with the Lord, where our souls are separated from our bodies. And I think people who work in the medical field, um, people who have been with loved ones when they die, have a real sense that something's going on when somebody dies. And we didn't have time to talk about it here, but near-death experiences also affirm the reality of some sphere of existence that exists outside of the physical world. That would be something we hopefully can talk about later as well. But the intermediate state kind of depends upon that reality of being people of body and soul, the intermediate state, then leading to the eternal state. All right. It says in Philippians 1, 22 and 24, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart to be with Christ. So he wants this. And what does he say? Which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. So again, just like the DFW airport is better than the shelter, to be absent from the body and present with the Lord is better. Paul desires to depart the body and be present with Christ. And he says that's a better state. So it's okay to say our relatives are in a better place. And the idea of the intermediate state, or sometimes it's helpful to think of it as present heaven, this is the place where our loved ones are now. And when we say place, it's not really, it's hard to use the word place as if it's like east of Venus or something. That doesn't really work. It's more or less this realm of existence. And this then leaves it. This is why people have a sense of the great cloud of witnesses cheering us on even in this time. Now, what the interaction is of people in this world with people in the next, that's hard to work through. And that's why we have a lot of very interesting movies and books about this, this type of existence, what happens between the living and the dead. But this is what we know from Scripture. Here's some, here's some key terms to keep in mind. I've talked about a few of these. Paradise. So Jesus is referring to this realm of existence, this place, so to speak, when he says to the thief on the, thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Or Sheol. The other, other thing to keep in mind is that there is particular judgment. So people who die experience particular judgment. Now, I'm not meaning that there's a move, and just as if there is um, this existence in the intermediate state that is with the Lord, there is also the opposite. Now, we're not talking about hell in this session as much, but there would be a—it's kind of thinking about like a heaven-level one. Well, then there would be a hell-level one as well, as people— are waiting for Jesus's return, waiting for the general judgment. So the difference between particular judgment, the opposite of it is general judgment, which happens at the end of the world. Um, Another way to think of it is present heaven. Now, let's think about the eternal state or San Diego. This comes after Jesus' return. Then there is the resurrection of all bodies. Now, if this is the first time you've ever heard this doctrine, you might think I'm crazy. But this is what began to be believed by the Jews. And this was the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And Jesus sided with the Pharisees on this subject. I know it's hard to believe, but he did, that there would be a resurrection of all bodies at the end of time. Every body that has ever lived will be raised and our souls will come back together with our bodies. This is the classic consensual teaching of the church. And then people will be judged, which will then lead to a new heaven and a new earth. Also, then this will lead to judgment for those who have not and who have reje- who have not accepted Christ and who have rejected him. Now I know that's harsh, and I do I'm one who affirms the reality of a conscious hell. Um, That's something we could talk about at another point, and and I hope we'll do that at some point. But I want to keep on heaven for now. Um, Notice, too, like some of the language that's used to describe what will happen at the resurrection of the dead. It says, He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Philippians 3:21. So our bodies will be like his. Now I said this on on Sunday. It's really helpful for us to think about the fact that it, we are, Jesus's resurrection is the basis for our resurrection. Jesus wasn't just resuscitated. Jesus was resurrected. What the early Christians realized had happened when Jesus was resurrected is that he was the first to experience the resurrection of the dead, not just being resuscitated. So much so that NT Wright says that he is, Jesus is, the model and the means of our resurrection. So Jesus is the example of what will happen to us and he is the means of it. It's by him and through him that we will experience resurrection. This leads to what we sing about in the Gloria Patri often in church. World without end. Amen. Amen. Sorry for the bad singing, right? When the first time I heard that, I didn't grow up in a church that sang uh, the Glory of But I thought, that is crazy. But it's awesome. It's wonderful. It's good. That we are going to exist on a planet that's resurrected, that's raised, and that we won't experience the same pain and suffering and sickness and cancer and all the things that go along with it. And, of course, the curse of sin. What is it? We sing in joy to the world. He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. That's the bigger picture. Here's uh, 1 Corinthians 15, which talks about this This as one of the great eschatological chapters of the Bible. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. That's how we experience it now. It is raised a spiritual body. And our bodies will be like Jesus's body. I joked around on Sunday saying that when we say this, we we often sing on Easter, made like him, like him, we rise. Two times I'm singing in this. Well, we don't sing, made like him, like him, we live in a... Force, ghost, Casper, disembodied state? No. We talk about the fact that we are going to be made like him. We are going to rise like Jesus. And we're going to talk about that more in the coming weeks. Here are some key terms, too, to think about uh, that are connected to the eternal state. One, Jesus' return. And in some literature, as you read it, you'll see it referred to as the parousia. The resurrection. Jesus is the model and means of our resurrection. General judgment. A uh, new creation, the new heavens, and a new earth. Like, I, in heavens, in this sense, is just referring to all of reality be, that we can imagine. Um, also, another, another way to think about this, N.T. Wright says it is, um, if, if the intermediate state, DFW report, if it is life after death, then um, the new heavens and new earth, or the eternal state, is life after life after death. You follow me? So it's, a, it's, it's life after, life after death. So there's more. There's more than just that, that state that we exist in after we die. And it might be that if we are alive when Jesus returns, we'll never experience that separation from our bodies. That's a great thought. All right, Isaiah 65, 17, and 19 talks about this new heavens and a new earth. And it's a beautiful picture, and that's where we're going to be the next few weeks, looking at the scripture that talks about these passages And it kind of expanding on what they mean. And we'll even look at rather that means there'll be dogs in heaven. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. And then one of my favorite verses in all of scripture talks about this state as well. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. This is the picture we have. I can't get my kids probably very excited about existing like a ghost, but I might be able to get them excited about a renewed planet where there's lots and lots of room and lots and lots of food and a place where we can play football, right? A place that's real, that's tangible, where everything is new, where all the things that are wrong in this world are made right. And that's where we're going to spend time in the next few sessions talking about. John Wesley had this interesting thing to say about the body and soul and what will happen to our existence in his sermon on eternity. He says, death will not put an end to the soul as well as the body. It will put an end to neither the one nor the other. It will only alter the manner of existence. That's what death does. Also, I love this passage, and this is just a little preview of where we're going. In Matthew 19, 28, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who will have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now I want to focus in on these words, on the renewal of all things. It's one word in Greek, and it's a really awesome one. It's called um, palingenesia. Palin meaning again, genesea. Like Genesis, beginning, a a re Genesis scene doesn't really work. Uh, Genesis again, Eden again. What the world was meant to be—that's what we're going to experience. So there's something tangible and real about this, not just a Casper the Friendly Ghost sort of existence on a cloud out there. This is better. This is real. This is physical. Charles Wesley, one of my favorite hymns. Uh, I, I sing it to a hymn tune called Hemsley. Sometimes we sing this at Christmas time. It says, "Lo, he comes on clouds dis- with clouds descending, once for favorite sinners slain." So he already came once. Thousands, 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 saints attending. This is like kind of looking forward to that time when the saints are gathered together. Swell the triumph of this train. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. God appears on earth to reign. Again, the picture. The two-stage two reality is not just us going away. I, I even like the song, I'll Fly Away, but it only is half the story. And this will never work, but I like to say, like, okay, we, maybe we won't have I'll Fly Away. We could have one verse of I'll Fly Away when we go to DFW or the Intermediate State. Or we could also sing another verse that would say, I'll Rise One Day. right? I'll Rise One Day because our existence will, ex- will exist that way. God appears on earth to reign. And then a beautiful passage that comes in second peter 3 13 through 14 in keeping with his promise we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells that's what we're looking for and then he says in this and this is a good way for us to end so then dear friends since you are looking forward to this not just a kind of immaterial sort of state that's just hovering around out there since you're looking forward to this make every effort to be found spotless blameless and at peace with him. Let's do it. Let's pursue that. So next time we're going to talk about, I know, how can I get a cuter picture than that? Will my dog be there? That's not my dog. My dog's cuter than that. And will heaven be boring? So we'll look forward to that. Thanks for checking this out. God bless you all.